Welcome to Minor Dilemmas, relieving the roadblocks of parenting your teen. Joining us again is our host, Lauren Blackwolf. Welcome back, parents, caretakers, teachers, friends, and family. This week, I wanted to touch on anxiety in your teenagers today. And since the beginning of the pandemic, lockdowns, isolation, etc., there's been a lot more talk about anxiety in our kids than ever. According to NIM, the National Institutes for Mental Health, an estimated 31.9% of adolescents have been identified as having an anxiety disorder, and of those adolescents between the ages of 13 and 18, 8.3% of that 31.9 have levels of anxiety that met the criteria for severe impairment. And according to this survey, females are at a much higher percentage rate at 38% over 26.1 in males. These statistics were pretty consistent across differing ages. And of all of the classifications, Diagnoses included anything from generalized anxiety disorder, agoraphobia, social anxiety, PTSD, OCD. There didn't seem to be any one form that was more prevalent than the other. That's pretty severe. That's, that's, a, that's kind of a big commentary on what's happening in our kids today. And as we start off the new school year, this year is unique in its full-time attendance with all these new mandates that are now much more lenient. And some of the kids who were going to transition into junior high or high school may be in for a culture shock because their transition into the higher levels of school may have been disrupted. Remember that even last year, several schools across the nation were only at part-time attendance as we were still getting a handle on COVID. And for some kids who had been isolated the year before attending on school online, they didn't get that first day in junior high and high school like they should have. Kids go through a lot of changes in a single summer during these years, let alone a year or two, Some of our kids may not even recognize their peers. What a weird world to be stepping back into. I mean, it's one thing to see them online and and Zoom with them or even occasionally, but there are changes that that can be pretty big when when you don't see them for weeks at a time or longer breaks when one of them gets sick. It's important to remember that anxiety in younger kids is very different than it is in teenagers. We ones tend to have different stressors. Little kids have fears of the dark, something happening to their parents, monsters, bugs, you name it. Those fears are more of external things that may or may not be real. However, teens' anxieties tend to be more focused on the self. Their appearance is changing, their friends are changing, their schools are changing. So their anxiety is often based on fears about performance and perfectionism, fears about not doing well in sports or school or in front of other people, what other people do think of them, the changes in their bodies. But this generation is a little unique in that the social anxiety may be being heightened by having been robbed of that year or so of being in lockdown. Much of those social bonds and lessons that were supposed to happen in those first years of a new school go far beyond just books and homework they missed out on. They also missed out on a whole year, if not more, of social experiences that normally help them mature by leaps and bounds in those transitions from elementary to middle school and from middle school to high school. So what are we talking here? There are a lot of kids this year going back to school and just now going through these stressors that normally would have happened two years ago. I can't imagine how much the older kids transitioning to college must be feeling. They went from looking forward to their senior year and jumping right into their freshman or sophomore year in college. There's a whole lot of socialization that occurs in those years that a lot of the younger generations kind of missed out on. It's just my opinion that part of the rise in anxiety among these kids has everything to do with the years they missed out on. Being among their peers and having all the experiences they should have been going through a lot later. 
To add to all this, teenagers are much more prone to hiding their levels of anxiety than a little kid's. Little kids are going to cry out to their parents when something is upsetting them. They're going to throw a temper tantrum. You're going to know that they're uncomfortable. Preteens to teens, mm, sometimes not so much because they do care about what other people will think of them or if their older siblings are going to tease them. Teens are much more vulnerable to suffering from anxiety and silence. So what can one do? Be aware that anxiety in teens presents differently. It can be anything from avoidance behaviors, irritability, lashing out. And one could say, that's every teenager. Oh my God, I don't even remember this formerly small person in my house. But look a little closer. Is your teen more sensitive to criticism or have they become extremely self-conscious? Are they avoiding their friends or social situations that previously they had no issue with? I remember when this set in in one of my nephews. And remember, 8.3% is a pretty high percentage for anxiety levels that get to a level of impairment where they, they're not enjoying life, where they maybe can't leave their house or they're having trouble in school. And with my nephew, it actually became a form of OCD in him. These things can actually present really early in life or especially in the teen years. But it's, it's a real thing where he was checking and rechecking, checking and rechecking over and over and over his appearance in the mirror, his clothing, his hair, to the point that he couldn't get to the next part of the morning, which was getting breakfast and then going to school. It disrupted his whole routine. It can look like the need for constant reassurance, stomach aches or headaches, sleep problems, trouble concentrating, but these kinds of changes can be more extreme rather than the occasional occurrence. Your kid, you know, being worried about what they look like before they're going to a dance or some big school event, I mean, that's one thing. But to be that nervous every day or night or the night before on a more consistent basis, you need to check in on them and ask them if what it is they're actually nervous about. What is going on? What, what's going on with that, that thing that, that's making them a little anxious? More than just a little anxious. And perhaps they start having sleep disturbances. One form of sleep disturbance are night terrors. If you have never experienced this phenomenon yourself or in your preteen to teenager, a night terror can actually be more terrifying to the parent than to the kid. We're the ones who are waking up in the middle of the night thinking, oh my God, what's going on? And what happens? Your kid in the middle of the night, without warning, starts screaming bloody murder at the loudest volume you have ever heard coming from them. And the kicker is, half the time, they don't even know what's happening. And they don't have any recollection of it. Lucky for them. You, the parent, wakes up thinking someone is literally in there murdering your kid, only to find him or her sound asleep. They can be flailing. They can be screaming. Once in a while, they can wake up during an episode. But a lot of the time, there isn't a real nightmare happening, but rather an almost physical response, physical reaction to the stressors that may be triggering them. And yes, these things can be brought on by fever or illness, but a lot of the time, tension and anxiety are the most common triggers. So what do you do? Well, today we have some great options. The pandemic brought about a whole new era of counseling. That I have noticed in some teens, logging in online to talk to their therapist in their own bedroom is a lot less threatening than going to some strange office where, oh my God, someone might see them. I actually did have that experience when I was a teenager myself, and it was my next door neighbor. The boy next door, we literally saw each other at this guy's office, and we're like, oh God, well, hey, I mean, what do you do? That, that can be kind of embarrassing. But 
Counseling is key. Getting them to talk when anxiety starts to present itself is so important before it gets to the level of impairment. And today there's no shame in getting help. There are two great online resources. Betterhelp.com is one. Number two, teencounseling.com are a couple of great resources that are geared toward counselors who work with teenagers. There have been online counseling services popping up all over. I personally like onlinetherapy.com. You can find local therapists or therapists all over the U.S., but if you want someone whom you can eventually meet, this may be the way to go. And for parents whose teenagers are dealing with LGBTQ issues, guess what? There is pridecounseling.com. Yes, this site has counselors who are trained to talk with your questioning teen. But if you prefer in-person resources, talk with your teen's school counselors. Often they have resources to local therapists and organizations. NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Health, is a great resource for recommendations. 1-800-950-6264. They're open from 10 to 10 and this Eastern Standard Time, and this number will be included in the show notes. But most importantly, this is a time when non-judgment is your best ally. Just telling your kid, it's going to be fine. All your friends love you. You have nothing to worry about. Well, you're just going to have to get over it and go to school. These responses are not helpful. And while they do need to go to school, the one thing that a parent can do is acknowledge what their kid is experiencing and that it is real. At these ages, we don't see what's happening in their world. We are not privy to all the text messaging, the social media, chats, or situations our kids are dealing with at school. We can't make blanket statements that all their friends are cool with them because remember, this is the age where friendships and alliances can change overnight for the slightest reasons that make no sense to us but are every bit real for them. This is when they need to hear from us, that they don't need to be perfect. It's okay if they need a break from the rest of the world. I personally do not agree with having every day of their lives filled with nonstop activity. Teenagers need sleep. They need downtime. I remember when one of my cousins went through a breakup, it was with her first boyfriend. How cool was it that my aunt said, okay, why don't you stay home today? I don't know what all they did, but I remember how just that one day made my cousin feel so loved and understood that she could face the day the next day. Now you don't want to make this into a habit. I understand that, but sometimes exceptions are not a bad thing. Most importantly, when a teenager feels like what they're going through, no matter how small it may seem to us, can be really big for them. Because we don't know all the details. We don't know all the events that led up to the one event that doesn't seem too big to us. But just knowing someone is on their side without judgment can be the lifeline they need. Getting your son or daughter outside, showing them ways of grounding, being more physical can do wonders for stress and anxiety. And that doesn't just include, you know, getting your kid out there and running a marathon. But now is the time to cut down on those caffeinated sugary drinks. Try yoga, tai chi, martial arts. Martial arts is a great way to help your teen stay focused and active. But most importantly, just about any given martial art also includes an element of meditation. And you can do all these things with your kids. You can introduce your son or daughter to meditation, to yoga. It could be something, an activity that you do together. In fact, I highly recommend it because you then become an ally but it doesn't require talking. Yoga and meditation, wonderful activities to decompress, to do an activity that is stress relieving and doesn't require your kid to talk. Because one of the tools, one of the best tools in their box can be to learn from you how to go within 
and calm the mind. And just like our teenagers need support, activities to let their anxieties out, ways to decompress, and sometimes someone to talk to, if your kiddo is at a level of needing medication, let them know that's okay too. While I don't think one needs to jump to medications, your counselor will be able to identify if this is an option you and your kiddo need to explore at some point. All these things are now in our toolboxes as parents. Understanding, compassion, acknowledging, and knowing how to listen, and knowing when to notice that something is really wrong. All these things are going to help you and your teen face these issues a lot stronger than, say, even our parents did. So hang in there and remember, there is always room for hope and healing. And as always, thank you for joining us and hope to see you next time with Minor Dilemmas.